0: The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS. That's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now, it's time for
0: caffeinated comics—a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of frappuccinos.
1: And now, here's your hosts, John and Stephen. Thank you, this is caffeinated comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And it is a Halloween winter wonderland in Chicago. Yeah, we got we got snow for Halloween. We got several inches of snow on Halloween. Yeah, the most Halloween, so. snow we've ever
0: gotten in Chicago on Halloween.
1: Yeah, and then I got sick cuz yeah. cuz I took kids out trick-or-treating in that snow. Oh, and yeah, then the next day we had our office costume party. Um and my mantra for having an office costume is to have a costume that you can bail out in any moment. Oh, okay. You don't want to show up as a can of soup right, at your yeah. office <laughs> and then work all day Yeah. As and a then can go of to soup. like drinks. So I decided at the last minute to go as Peter B. Parker. Oh, okay. So I um, I have a Spider-Man hoodie and then I was just like, I don't know. I don't, and I got, I had like that green khaki jacket, which yeah. is just a jacket I wear that I like. And I'm like, oh, I'll wear that black Converse I'm not wearing sweatpants because it's too cold, so yeah. I'll wear jeans and I yeah, I'll be fine. Um uh, that was not enough for the temperature. Oh yeah. Which which gives me a problem with Spider Man into the Spider-Verse because there's like snow when he shows up. Yeah. And he should have this cold that I got.
0: He should. Uh he is a superhuman, so perhaps that's why he's not. But I will he does say have kind of a healing factor. Being a kid in Chicago. It was very frustrating. I was Spider-Man like five times for Halloween as a kid. Yeah. And it's like probably four out of those five times I'm Spider-Man in a winter coat. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because it's like you just want to be Spider-Man in the leotard, but you can't because cause it's so cold.
1: Yeah, Sebastian was Darth Vader and we padded him up underneath. Yeah. And then after the fifth house, every time he looked down into the candy to pick exactly the candy he wanted, because mm-hmm. that was the plus side was every house we went to was... The people were like, "Take as much candy as you want." Yeah, because nice. there weren't a lot of kids out in the snow. So he and he's very picky. So he'd be like, "I want this. and I want it. And the Darth Vader he- helmet would just start slipping. Yeah. So then I'm walking around the neighborhood holding the Darth a Darth Vader, Vader, Vader helmet. helmet. Yeah. yeah. While he just runs up in a cape and yeah. <laughs> meticulously picks out candy. That's great. So yeah, so I've been uh, this weekend. I've been like couch bound. Um, was cat. Uh, but speaking of Spider Verse. Uh, One of the announcements this week is that there w- there is officially going to be an Into the Spider-Verse 2.
0: Yeah, I think that was kind of always assumed because it did so well. Yeah, but won the I Oscar,
1: think, did huge. Yeah, and I know um, it was
0: the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time.
1: But for the budget? And, yeah, and it won an Oscar. Yes. So
0: they were definitely going to make another one. And, and the big
1: thing is Sony didn't have to ask Marvel to help them.
0: Right, which they is why the they were being kind of dicks about
1: the negotiation. Yeah, yeah that that movie had such crossover appeal that if you listen to the episode, um, Seth who was on that didn't know anything about Spider Man, and he was yeah. just like, "I love this movie." Well, it's nice
0: that you don't um, you don't have to know anything about Spider Man. They do
1: a good job of kind of. I mean, everyone
0: knows enough about Spider-Man to go watch any Spider-Man movie.
1: Right, and obviously, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix right now, and yeah. it's worth watching multiple times.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I think I've only seen it twice in theaters, but the I keep trying to get my roommates to watch it, and it's like... They they're hesitant because I think it's a cartoon, but it's like I don't know how much more you need to know than it beat Pixar for an Oscar. Right, that should kind of be like all you need to know to like watch this movie. I think
1: I think just put it on when they're home. And right, and they're be like, what's this? Yeah, because the look is so arresting. Yeah, you're just like wait, what's what is even going on that you're pulled into it? But I agree. I think everyone assumed that it was a given. We're just we're just right. told that now it's absolutely happening. Well, I think a lot it,
0: of it is too is that. Uh the second movie will obviously do a lot better than the first movie did because a lot more people will be like, "Oh, I heard this movie was really good. I missed it in theaters." People are watching it on Netflix now. Right. No one no one went to go see it in theaters, so I think that the second one's going to do incredible.
1: Yeah. So um but we know and it's coming out in 2022. So that's like about two – April 2022. So really yeah. a little over 2 years. 2 years because away. Because we're at the end of 2019. Right. It probably
0: takes so long to do it
1: right so, um and you know chances are it will be great even if it's not phenomenal like the lego movie Two, right wasn't amazing but it it'll but it was good great. yeah i i it's certainly not going to be garbage um oh i just saw this i'm checking the things that came out uh in toy news because i like to torture steven with toy news yeah yeah i heard all the wonderful things you can't there's yes there's uh you can you could have them if you made more sacrifices yeah but it's like i'm (laughs) sacrificing quite a bit just to get the avengers i want yeah uh they have been announcing piece by piece an entire x-men age of apocalypse marvel legends wave
0: yeah that's kind it's kind of crazy because i thought they they they'd made everybody you know i was like well they made the majority of the x-men will kind of be good for a while and then they're like no we're just gonna keep going down this rabbit
1: hole yeah well they basically they gave us all of the 90s because they right. they finished the entire Jim Lee team and then they re-released Jean Grey cuz she was hard to find in a 3-pack with Wolverine Cyclops which is hitting now but I haven't seen it so that in, the 90s is Completely covered. The '80s is pretty much covered. Yeah, but there's the a thing, Mohawk but then storm. Then they did
0: classic Nightcrawler and Colossus. Yep. It's like they're doing X Factor from the '90s. It's yep. like
1: yeah, and the Colossus kind of goes either way because they they combined elements of the '80s and '90s together. So they're yeah. like, look, here's a really good Colossus. Yeah, there's a Mohawk storm came out not too long right. ago. It's like we need like a we need like a Kitty pride from the '80s. Though we have a Joss Whedon Kitty pride. We need um. We need like a first we need a first appearance storm. I don't know why they haven't. They've never made her. Yeah, that's really funny. They made her like in a box set in the nineties. That was like the only time they've ever made that costume. And that's a pretty iconic costume. Yeah. Uh, but the nineties is done, so now they're just like, uh, ah, Age of Apocalypse, we'll do everybody again. But there's uh, you know, Wolverine with the one hand, there's Jean Gray with the short hair, there is uh Dark Beast who like hung around. <laughs> yeah. It's like like at the end, they were like, "Oh, he jumped through X Men who got kept his own book."
0: Yeah, there's a couple guys that made it through like the Age of Apocalypse that they, they yeah kept morph. Around. Yeah, right. Uh, he was on the Exiles.
1: Yeah, morph. They uh, they just did a blink in the last right. set of X Men. Yeah, so.
0: so it's like they'll finish out the Exiles. They did all of Alpha Flight. Yeah, all of the, the, the box rest box of Alpha set? Flight yeah. is going <laughs> on a box amazing. set.
1: They're but no Thunderbird. They've been hitting No, but a Warpath is coming. Yeah. It's not Thunderbird. You can't though. turn them into Thunderbird. No. But you know what? They'll just they'll do a two pack. And that's the thing about the Age of Apocalypse. There's no Magneto. There's no Apocalypse. They haven't announced the build a figure, but most people are thinking it's going to be Sabretooth because Wild Child is in that. Yeah, it's uh, like so, why would
0: you make Wild Child and not Sabretooth?
1: Yeah. And Toybe is made a Sabretooth. And he came with a little Wild Child. Did you have that figure? I didn't buy the Age of Apocalypse figures because I was like. You are not getting me to bite these characters yeah. over again. This this is like a self-contained what if story, which I thought was good, but I'm like, I don't I, but now I was you're trying to get it. I was trying to slow down at that point anyway, because Toy Biz was going crazy. And I think, yeah, that's also when Star Wars started again. Mm. So I had to make sacrifices. Um But I did have the original Marvel Legends. They did there was a Walmart exclusive set that had Age of Apocalypse, Wolverine, and Sabretooth. And they weren't great. Yeah. So the fact that they redid Wolverine makes everybody think they're going to redo Sabretooth, which makes me think that they'll do another one of those two-packs. Because if you notice, they they have liked to put in the Build-A-Figures, re-release those in two-packs. Because we got um, Hulkbuster Iron Man in a two-pack with Hulk, who was also a Build-A-Figure. We got Juggernaut with that Colossus. Oh, right. So I think what they'll do is, since Apocalypse was a Build-A-Figure not too long ago... They'll do a re- repaint with some new pieces, pieces like the shoulders and sure. the cape for Apocalypse. And then they'll redo a Magneto with the long hair and the braids. Right. And I think they'll re-release that for 60 bucks, and I will pay for You'll it. we will buy it. What's I,
0: nice is like they they can just do like a new head sculpt, re-release the same figure with like a different paint job. And it's like they can get multiple costumes and looks for characters.
1: Yeah. Well, they don't, they only have about five or six bodies right that they use over again like the spider-man body gets used for all the skinny guys but it makes sense because when they're comics
0: well they make up for it by adding all the little bells and whistles to them you know what i mean where it's like like belts and yeah belts and extra heads is always extra heads is really cool different hands that do stuff the big thing is when they figured out how to do like um like the Cyclops is a great example. Like his bandolier, yeah, and then like his shoulder and his arm and thigh pouches, they figured out how to do it. Yeah, they're to, removable.
1: Where it's removable, yeah, yeah. And they did a beautiful job because when that Jim Lee Cyclops came out, the Toys R Us two pack came out, and it was the same figure, but it was the John Byrne Cyclops. They took all that stuff off mm-hmm. and changed his head so he didn't have his hair coming out, and, and it's it, perfect. It was perfect.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And now they're doing this three pack. They put the jacket from old man logan on him so it's just logan's arms and a jacket and it's the leather jacket and it's cyclops. the same
0: guy yeah and that's because they've got that leather jacket figured out it's like all right they're gonna just do black knight again and yeah <laughs> put a well, leather
1: jacket everybody in your trench coat has had the same trench coat it's like, right it's like ultimate Nick fury New York, New York Fury's trench red coat. skull yeah gambit just got it yeah uh, madrox there's right, another X Factor. I just ordered the um, Joe Casada Havoc, and Polaris two-pack from X Factor. Right. With, like, uh, Havoc in the big puffy jacket. It's so dumb. It's so Cassada. I love it. And Pol- Polaris never had a good look.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? Polaris' first costume is incredible.
1: No, Polaris looks like a belly dancer in her first costume. It's a great look. Yeah. I love that costume. I
0: don't know. You- She's got, like, a little skull on her forehead, I think, or on our, uh, somewhere down here.
1: Yeah, no, it's weird. No, it's a great costume. It's I love weird. it. It's that might be Stranko-ish. I know. That's why I
0: love it. That might be one of my favorite covers of all time is that, like— There is a figure of that costume. Just like this. I know. I I've seen it. I'm nope. <laughs> yeah. Because what on earth do you do with just a Polaris figure? Yeah. You have to get all the x Well, the
1: X-Factor one is going, And then Strong Guys, a Build-A-Figure.
0: Which is awesome.
1: Yeah, so that team is going to be pretty much complete. And Walgreens has a New Mutants uh, exclusive, which is kind of a three-pack. Oh, right. They you can- have a Danny Moonstar figure, but she comes with um, karma and uh, wolfsbane heads and hands. Yeah, So so it's really hard to find, because Walgreens exclusives aren't that easy to find to begin with. I just found Emma Frost, who was the last one, because mm-hmm. um, luckily I'm now at the age where I have uh, ongoing prescriptions. And yeah. I'm like, I <laughs> have a reason to be in Walgreens. <laughs> right. You can hunt. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you don't ever get your
0: prescription sent to like a different Walgreens just so you can go check to see if that Walgreens has the toys that they didn't have at the regular Walgreens Do you.
1: It has occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> um my big problem is I work in the Chicago Loop mm. and there's lots of Walgreens there. They don't stock toys because it's all right. businesses. Yeah. So you gotta get not it. every Wal- we've talked about this is that Walgreens has all these exclusives now because there's so many Walgreens out there. There's more Walgreens than there are Targets. But not every Walgreens stocks toys. Right. So it is a total toss-up. But, so that New Mutants figure is going to be even harder to find because everybody's buying three of her. So and the idea is, yeah, you're I to will buy, buy three of her. You buy three of her, so you have six heads. Yeah, well, you have extra heads, but then you have three complete figures. Right, because they all wear the same uniform. Yes. But um, but then we also have a Wolfsbane figure, which goes with that X-Factor. It's in the wrong costume. Yeah. But,
0: Didn't they just make Cannonball, too?
1: They made an X-Force cannonball. Oh, yeah.
0: right. He's not in that old costume. No, he's
1: not in a New Mutants costume. Yeah. And the New Mutants costume is that new one uh, where they have like a yellow X across. Yeah. Like a black uniform. It's not the the Silver Age X Men uniforms that they used to wear. Yeah, uh, people love new mutants. I mean, Hickman's writing the new mutants.
0: Yeah, movie. I it's new mutants is one of those things where it's like I'm curious about it because it's I've seen them in other books. They showed up in one of the omnibuses when they started coming around, and I understand the idea is like the second generation of mutants. You know that Xavier trained. Yeah, but none of those characters are
1: that cool,
0: right? And I think that's why I never really cared about it.
1: No, and you know, like X Force was an X Force was an attempt to make them cool um in the early 90s and it worked for the early 90s Mm. but honestly what we got out of that it was cable and deadpool like nobody in the team really broke out and then cannibal bounced around cannibal was an x-man for a little bit he was an
0: avenger so was
1: sunspot yeah sunspot was an avenger with him
0: i actually i never really liked those characters and then hickman who must love the fucking new mutants made him writing it now he made him avengers And they were cool on the team because it was, like, these younger characters that had never really been Avengers before and then, you know, them mixing it up. It was kind of like like Justice and
1: Firestar in the uh, Kurt Busiek run.
0: Right. It was very reminiscent of that, so it was kind of nice. But, yeah, I I, I will probably try to read New Mutants at some point, but... It's like, uh, it's so far down the list. It's more of like a, well, all right, what was this all about? You know what I mean? Like Bill Sienkiewicz's run.
1: Yeah, I found most of those characters dull even in the 80s, and it was always a chore to read. Yeah. Uh, so I've never there was no one character I really connected with like when I started reading x-men I was like wow Cyclops is cool Wolverine's cool Nightcrawl is really cool Colossus is cool Okay, I can deal with the other ones and now looking back I realize when I was 11 and reading that I just picked all the guys on the team Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like and the I was like, girls just are named boring. all the dudes <laughs> named everybody but storm and kitty pride. Yeah but Yeah, yeah new Mutants is coming back in this way, and I'm like, well, Warlock was interesting, Um, yeah, I do feel like I should read that, like, I'm, um, this weekend, since I got sick, I've been sitting on the couch uh, most of the weekend, and I'm trying to find stuff to watch, so, but my problem is, since I have a family, I'm watching series with different people, and so, uh, Ben and I finished Cheers, uh, which was really fun, and we went straight into Frazier. And so yeah. far, he's not complaining, so I'm not going to leave him. I left him way behind on Cheers. Like, yeah. Like somewhere around Kirstie Alley, I left him behind, but then the last episodes, he came back for. So I'm watching Frazier with him, and now he's becoming a tween that has things to do, and he only wants to play video games. Right. So it's like, can we watch one episode? And then um, my wife and I are watching Breaking Bad again because El Camino was so good. Yeah. They were like, yeah, let's watch Breaking Bad. So then... um. I don't have anything in between a binge watch and so I started watching Twin Peaks because I was like, okay, here's a big show I've never seen and it's on Netflix. There's only 27 episodes, then there's a movie, then there's a reunion season, Um, but it's a show I always meant to watch even when it was on and I didn't and it feels like this missing piece of television history in my brain. And that's how I feel about New Moons. of like, I have tried to read it several times but I... And I don't enjoy it, but yeah. it's a big chunk of X-Men it's history. It's a thing
0: everyone uh, talks about, not a lot, but to some degree, very much like Death Twin Peaks. Yeah,
1: it's and like- in, the, in the late 80s, I mean, there were three X-Men books. There were X-Men, X-Factor, and New Mutants, and I've read every X-Men and X-Factor in that, right. in that era.
0: So it's like, it's the only, like, it's like, I always kind of look at it as like, there there's uh, runs I haven't read, particularly with Marvel, because it, it's supposed to be one continuity, which I'm a big fan of is these, like, missing pieces of, like, oh, I never read Mutant Massacre, and then I recently read that right. Omnibus, so it's like, okay, here's that entire story. You know, it's just, like, it's just filling in the gaps of, like, where characters were and what they were doing. Yeah,
1: I've even read all the Wolverines from that era, and they don't connect at all. Right. They might as well be, like, Legends of the Dark Knight, because even when the big crossovers are happening, it's like, here's Wolverine killing some ninjas. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. Uh, um
0: I will say, I... uh. So, again, I don't have a – I'm not a huge X-Men fan, but I've been reading the Hickman relaunch, which I've been a massive fan of. We talked about last week. But they launched two different side books for X-Men with this relaunch that Hickman is not writing that are both pulling from uh, old team names. So, like, Marauders is one of them.
1: Yeah, Marauders were villains. They were the villains in Mead Massacre. Massacre.
0: And then the second book is uh, they just did – they just relaunched Excalibur. And that came out this past week. And that's another book where I never read Excalibur, even though I love Alan Davis. Uh, I'd never read him and Chris Claremont's initial run on Excalibur. Yeah, I have
1: a friend that adores that run. Yeah. Like he just uh, loves, loves, loves that run to the point where um, he, well, I was t- telling him about the Hickman run. He's like, yeah, I'll wait for the trade. He's like, and what's Rachel doing in it? And I'm like, I, I haven't seen Rachel in it. He's like, oh, why do they forget about Rachel? She's such a big part of Excalibur. Yeah. And he got him some old work. Like Rachel Summers is his cable. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got their mutant who's like not great, but they like. They love that Appar- they, no one who, else. Who apparently is part of the Summers family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some Havoc fans out there. I love Havoc. See? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> picks Everyone has their a own favorite Sum- Summers. Everybody picks their own Summers. Yeah.
0: But I think it's... um. I do want to get to it, much like New Mutants. It's this like corner of the X universe. It's I've never really uh, read a bunch. What did you read, number one? Yeah, and I really liked it. Um, and that's what I'm kind of curious about is to see how long it. It to me, it's very reminiscent of what we talk about when like Grant Morrison was writing X Men or when Grant Morrison was writing Batman. The rest of the creative teams on the those family of titles, right? Like, uh, tell me what was going on in X Men. Books that Grant Morrison wasn't writing at the same time, and it was just writers lost in
1: the shitstorm of what Grant Morrison was right doing. There. It's a lot of writers trying to be Grant Morrison. Well, and I think it's like they, not, and yeah, also they, don't quite know where he's going.
0: Yeah, they, I don't think anyone has any idea where he's going. You can't quite capture the tone he's doing, so you're kind of just pulled in this wake. You're always, it always seems like you're three steps behind him, reacting to what he did
1: six months ago. Yeah, run, uh, uncanny during. Grant Morrison painful. is terrible,
0: right? So I was worried that Hickman, like Grant Morrison, is such a strong—he um, has such a strong vision for what he's doing with the characters that no one else would be able to kind of tonally figure that out. But so far,
1: Marauders is was decent. It wasn't great, but it was decent. And Marauders is kind of like an an uncanny X Force type of book because guy doesn't like all the badasses on down a journey. It's
0: more of like um, Kitty Pride can't use the gateway portals to go to Krakoa. So she's uh, driving around the earth on a boat, which is a little like, all right, put them in a plane. <laughs> like what are they on a boat for? But it's like Krakova's an island. yeah, but still could be a plane. You could get more places. And they're they're driving around the boat and they're rescuing mutants that um are swimming? No. <laughs> that countries aren't letting leave. So like the first issue, this isn't really a spoiler, but it's like um Kitty pride pyro Iceman, storm. And I think there's one other person on the team. I can't remember. And there, they go out to rescue a mutant in Russia who like the Russians won't let go through the gate. They've like guarded the gate with like tanks and stuff. So they show up, they fight all the Russian guys and then they escape with the mutant through the portal. So that's like the first issue. And it's basically, that's what the book's going to be is them going around rescuing mutants that um, are in uh, unfriendly governments, you know, uh, so so it was okay. The Excalibur book was awesome and um Oh, it, it. But it's again. It's like it's. I never really read Excalibur, but right. it's. It's good. It's not written by Hickman, and it's very Hickmany. Hmm. Uh, so far, again, it's the first issue. I really enjoyed it. It's just like I'm. I'm. It's, it's like I'm taking like a little precautionary steps because I'm waiting for these books to just not be great. It's inevitable, right? Because
1: right now you are reading every X Men book, and that's yeah, never that's,
0: happened. N- never. Never ever have I been reading and all And I'm still behind. Titles. We
1: talked about this last week. I still haven't read X-Men number one. And, right. and my plan is to only read X-Men. And I might trade weight for it. Sure. But you are reading the entire film. The only time to bring this almost full circle, the only time I ever read every X-Men book was during the Age of Apocalypse. Right, because you had to. You, you did and you didn't. Because there was like, it wasn't like the story jumped across all of them. Mm-hmm. Age of Apocalypse was like, um, Excalibur was Nightcrawler's book. And it was just Nightcrawler. But then it like it followed from the first Age of Apocalypse book, like it was Age of Apocalypse number one, then everything split off, and then it ended in the Age of Apocalypse ending. So you didn't have to read every single book, but every single book was pretty good. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that this era is like that. Um, we were just talking about the Age of Apocalypse, which you haven't read, right? No, uh,
0: I'm, uh, I'm age of apocalypse. Curious. I would say <laughs> it's like, I flipped through the trades. I understand the premise. Your uh, ex
1: fluid is. What yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I, am familiar. I know all the, uh, important bits. I don't know any of the details. Right. So it's like, I know what happened is that like, uh, Xavier gets killed by Legion mm-hmm. on accident. Cause he was trying to kill Magneto. Yes. Magneto forms the X-Men and then apocalypse. And is it's back in time
1: it. before they form the X-Men. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, I was, I was working at the comic book store then, so I was just, I was just getting everything when yeah, it came in Yeah, that's the how shop. it works when you're working at a comic yes, book store. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but it was, it held together really, really well, and there's a couple of issues that I know you would love. We were just talking about this going yeah. into there's a There's a book called X-Universe, which was two issues long, and it's, here's where the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are in the Age of Apocalypse. Right. Because you're... And it was late in the run, because the Age of Apocalypse was like four months long. And it was like month three that you that you realized, oh, Apocalypse took over the world, but it's the Marvel Universe world. Right. That where's means, Thor? Yeah. You know? Where's Tony Stark? Where's Reed Richards? Yeah. And this issue explains that. Right. And it's really cool. Doctor Doom's a big part of it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And they they do stuff like that with like just color in that area, which is again, this is becoming an age of apocalypse podcast. Why Marvel legends is just like, here's a whole set of these guys. Yeah. And they could keep running it. Toy biz in the nineties when the books were out, did two sets. Yeah. And then some deluxe figures of sugar man. I had the sugar man. You had sugar. the sugar. I did not have. the Yeah. Sugar man. I had them.
0: And I, I, at the, I must have not been super familiar with Age of Apocalypse when I got the Sugar Man action figure. Because I remember getting him and being like, wow, they really d- uh, ran wild with Forearm. I thought he was Forearm <laughs> from the Savage Land. And I'm like, what? Like he what fell a, into a Vatican What chemicals? a crazy redesign of this character. And then I think I had somehow found out about the Age of Apocalypse. And it was one of those things I looked at like, a, they did a map of what the Earth looked like. And he had this like wall around America. Yeah. I was like, what? What? And I already knew who Apocalypse was because of the cartoon, right. the 90s cartoon, and then I think I slowly started figuring,
1: out, like, yeah,
0: <laughs> he was one dude that was a big fan of screaming his name out loud, too. Yeah.
1: Well, the ni- the 90s, uh...
0: Everyone was screaming Apocalypse, because Cable would be like, Apocalypse!
1: And, yeah, well, that, there, if there was one theme of the 90s X-Men cartoon, <laughs> it's screaming names. Yeah. Gene! <laughs> yeah. Cyclops! Hmm. Tyler! Sabertooth! was <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. Jubilee! Yeah, yeah.
0: That sounded perfect. <laughs> that was like the I most could,
1: accurate Cyclops well, imitation yeah, I've I, ever heard. I could have been a Canadian yeah. voiceover artist in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great um, uh, supercut on YouTube of Professor X screaming. Yeah, and it's, that, him. He always, has the wimpiest scream. It's yeah. like, it's always like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great that show man it's like uh it's crazy because it was such a big deal it's like with all the reboots and stuff going around and i know they tried the comic they did like an x-men, X-Men 92, 92. Which and as was,
1: said marvel legends have been hammering that right the Jean gray that comes in the set has an extra ponytail head because that's how she looked in the cartoon, on, in the cartoon. she never looked like that in the comics
0: right and it's just confusing because it's like why why what is the now that marvel owns x-men they relaunch that cartoon. That was your biggest nineties thing. Yeah. Why don't
1: they just relaunch it? The entire series is gonna be on Disney Plus. Yeah. But yeah, I think with Marvel being all like interlocked, because the cartoons, one of the things I'm excited about Disney Plus is I want to catch up on some of the Disney XD cartoons. Like I never watched that much of Ultimate Spider-Man or Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, I could just binge through those. I never finished Rebels, so I could yeah. do that. Um, but I think all of their have to fit together, but they have to be thinking of where the X-Men are going to fit with the Avengers cartoons and the Hulk cartoons right. and the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoons. The same way they're thinking where the X-Men are going to fit in the movies. Yeah, but the uh, the 90s X-Men cartoon for me, this is where our generational yeah. shift in, is such a guilty pleasure because I – I may have told this story before, but Howie Weingarten, who's been on this show, is a great friend of mine. Today is his birthday, by the way. So oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to Howie. Uh, he and I have been texting each other about really bad vampire movies from the 70s all weekend, which is the other thing I've been watching since I've been sitting on the couch. Uh, he and I watched the premiere, which was on Halloween, oh. 1992. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff on there. It was... They showed Night of the Sentinels 1 and 2 and then no other episodes were ready and it went away for like another six months. That's crazy. And Batman the Animated Series had been on for like two months. So we had, Batman the Animated Series won us over within Heart of Ice. It was like the first one on Monday. It was like the second one I saw. The uh, Cat McClaw Claw was on the first episode I saw which is not a great episode. But like by the time I saw Heart of Ice I was like I love this show. I'm taping them all. Yeah. I'm uh, and then they kept saying, an X-Men is coming. I'm like, well, what is X-Men going to be like? Yeah. And then Night of the Sentinels comes up, And Cyclops is like, Cyclops does a not joke immediately. Oh, yeah. To a sentinel. Yeah. <laughs> this sentinel will get my humor. He's like, like, halt, Hulk. mutant. Of course. Not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've Which... watched that episode probably the most because we had um, – the VHS that had the two episodes. And it's like, uh, I liked it as a kid, but I, as a kid, even I remember, um, I was really upset because I, I don't know. I don't remember enough to know that we knew it was coming, but we had already seen Pride of the X Men, which the animation yeah. was phenomenal. That, it, that
1: was like GI Joe or Transformers in the eighties. Yeah. It was that. Level. It was the same production yeah. company, I think, which was Marvel, actually.
0: Right, and the uh, but the teams was better. The costumes were better, yeah. and I just remember being upset that it wasn't that. Yeah, it and
1: also it wasn't that great, and it was yeah. you know we were we were college students when it came on, so we were X Men fans. I had just picked the books back up. Yeah. So I watched it every week, going, "Well, well, this is what I get." It, yeah. it was kind of like you know, growing up, you had Super Friends and Super Friends. You just watched what when they you had. when you were about ten, you realized Super Friends wasn't great. But here's Batman and Superman uh, and love Wonder them Woman on a show, and they're
0: fighting a bunch of bad guys. Yeah,
1: what's my alternative? Yeah, like now you have all of these alternatives. Well, we had talked before that, the, like, uh, for my
0: generation specifically, it's it's like. Uh, If I think if I like boiled down like what's the most comic booky thing in the world to me, it's a cover of not the 90s X-Men, the actual comic, but X-Men Adventures, which was like the adaptation of the the, show comic. But Jim Lee was doing the covers or somebody very much like Jim Lee was Uh aping him and it's a cover that my sister had of a comic and it was the 90s x-men fighting the juggernaut on the cover and i was like this is comic book drugs i was like this is what comic books are it's all the x-men versus juggernaut everyone's jumping and screaming on the cover and it's like it's the most like comic booky thing in the world to me and it i realized like that aesthetic of like the 90s yeah. x-men is permeates everything about comic books for my generation you know it's like it was just such like ground zero for like uh, I mean, that's why that book sold like crazy. That yep. c- that show
1: had a bigger impact on what the well, X-Men it looked so like. was so much more accessible than the 80s. Because the, yeah. the 80s, when I started, it was continuity laden. And, and most of those books are, are much better, like the Jim Shooter or Marvel oh, yeah. and... And uh, you and know, the
0: chip shooter, yeah,
1: loved. and ba- and then, and then post crisis DC, yeah. Um, but you really had to dig and understand the stories and the characters and where and where they were coming from, and the and you o- were always coming in the middle of something. And yeah, you had to figure out what it was. That's
0: why it's like I'm I'm always just piecing this stuff together because yeah. I'm reading these massive omnibuses that it's like here's the entire run that went on for two years that right. There's no way to trade that stuff.
1: Right. It's too big. Yeah. But then in the 90s, every issue was pretty accessible because you just opened it up and it was jumping and screaming. And right. it's for me, uh, I'm like 19. Uh, for me, it felt like it had gone from uh steak and potatoes dinner to McDonald's. Right. Where I was like, yeah, I'm still getting meat and potatoes. Right. But it's not as good for me. Yeah. And it's more fun. And right. it's just easier to go, I'm going to get a cheeseburger. But it's trash. Than it is for me to sit down and order a steak. Yeah. It. Like and I missed that complex storytelling, and you know I wasn't smart enough or pretentious enough to go. Well, here's Vertigo, just go over there. I didn't want to let go of the superheroes. Yeah,
0: and I think that's always where I land now. Is like uh, everyone's always like, "Oh, read this indie comic, read this indie comic," and it's like, I I just care about superheroes. Yeah, and I'll I'll try indie books and I'll read a couple here and there that I uh, really dig, but for the most part, it's like I have very little interest in straying too far away from. Marvel now because DC at this point is to me is like it's such a continuity mess, yeah. It's like, uh, at least with Marvel, it's like I'm very much attached to like I know where all the big pieces lay. I'm now just like filling in the cracks
1: throughout the history, which you is know? why you're in the X Men corner of it, right?
0: Because right, it's like when there's so much of this stuff has come out,
1: yeah. And I realized uh later on that ah, I i love. Con- I love comic books, but what I really love is superheroes. Because when I look at right. what I care about, you know, I go to every movie opening weekend, whether it's going to be good or bad, cause mostly because they're going to be good. I at least check out all the series. I see like at least an episode. With the live-action CW stuff, I cannot keep up. Right. But I even the animated series, I at least watch one. And, um, and lately, because I'm Especially because I'm getting older, and there's so many versions of it. Most the animated series, I go, "Oh yeah, this is a name for me," and I walk away. Right. But you know, my most of my collecting budget is spent on action figures of superheroes. I like uh, I buy lots of action figures, but honestly, when I look at what I'm spending my money on, like there's there are some really great Star Wars, and Nika does a hell of a job on like Aliens and Predator and. I'm not spending much money on that stuff. It's it's always Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC, and I'll go from Marvel Legends to Mezco to Mafex to Hot Toys, but I'm still getting the same character. The characters from the Marvel and DC universes.
0: Yeah, we always talk about how good those Marvel Legends are, and I mean they're incredible. But it's like it's it's kind of across the board. It's like they're not really making bad action figures. No, it's like they're everyone's paying.
1: I mean, you're paying. 400 times the price you did in the night oh sure but But, it's like they're they're
0: they're arguably
1: 400 times better yeah you know i I think they're 300 times better yeah and they're they're sticking it to me a little bit a
0: little bit well then you got to think it's like all this crap's made with oil so it's like you know right and it's it's also it's
1: also appealing to a smaller and smaller niche right it action figures are going the way board games went where video games took over and there's a certain kind of kid that likes board games and gets into it right and then a board game is like 75 bucks and it has all these pieces and it's meticulously built and my my father who's in his 70s still buys and collects oh and yeah plays board uh, games
0: a friend of my brother's is like a huge board game guy and he has a whole room like like you have a whole room here with all this comic book crap all around he has a whole room where it's like board games on all the shelves. yeah that's Hundreds my, of my
1: dad's office in his yeah. house in New York is it, is like that is a wall of board games. yeah, yeah.
0: like even me and The girls got a couple of those, like those games where they're like, it's not Monopoly or chess, it's like, um, uh, I can't even think of some of the license Monopoly. Um, no, not you, they're they're like complex games. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's one that's called, it's like Haunted, it's a haunted house, and it's like, you. Uh, explore a mansion and then there's these haunts Mm -hmm. and one of the characters becomes a traitor halfway through the game and it's like complex team gameplay and they're a lot of fun but it's like you also have
1: to have and those games they're expensive well yeah like every niche if you're into it there's you're way, way into it. There, yeah. um, there's a game designer called Reina Kenitsa, who I found out through my dad, and he's like the Jim Lee of, of, game of games. Like, they put his name on the box, right? and people are like, Raina Kenitsa has a new game, and I don't care what it is, I'm I'm getting it, because I've played his 12 other games. Yeah, and that's one of the wonderful things about the internet, is whatever niche you were into, you didn't have to like... Find a fanzine that was run on a Xerox machine, but from some guy across the country. Right, like you can connect with hundreds and thousands that of are people. in a
0: your niche yeah. thing. I mean, there's whole entire stores that are just board game stores. There's a store yeah. by me called the dice Joe. There's a
1: store that used to be Kamara's Comics. No, called, but I'm saying it's called, like, called Fair
0: Play. Oh, you're saying where the old com- com- yeah, it's yeah. and it is. It's all it's a whole board game store, and even the guy um in sherville who owns the. It's not the original Tenth Planet, though it might be, but one of the original Tenth Planets. It's his store is half gaming store. That's a
1: big store. It is like we went. There's to a the, lot of stuff in there. The one year we went to the Northwest Indiana Con, it was like right. ten miles away from that Tenth yeah, Planet. Yeah, ten so. miles
0: in uh, Indiana It's just on the road. <laughs> yeah, because there's no <laughs> <There's> like <lights. laughs> nothing else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we went in there, and I was surprised by how much it was like gaming. There's it yeah. was like a Chicago Comics level of inventory. Oh, yeah. out in Cherville, Indiana
0: um so it's yeah it's it, it, that's an interesting way of thinking about it though is that like it is this niche thing like the action figures where yep. it's like the people that are in it are they're they're buying everything right you know? and but
1: you and you're not selling it to many kids i right. mean my you know my um my six-year-old comes in here and he will play with these he'll play with the ones i let him play with mm. and then he'll run out and he'll go play with Imagine X in the other room um my older son was never that into them. He like yeah. he mostly picked them up and screamed and hit them against each other. Yeah,
0: like you do as a kid. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah, Sebastian actually like does dialogue and has them talk, which mm. is what I used to do when I was a kid. So I love watching it. But he's not asking me for more figures. Like Right. I know if I get him an Imaginext playset he'll love it. But he's not. He's not going to care that you have all
0: of X Factor,
1: and he's not going to ask me to get a Marvel Legend that I didn't get. Right? Like we're not in Target, and he's like, "Ooh, let's get this." It. These are they're aimed at me, and they're because I'm a Definitely, kid that grew up. Yeah. I grew up like at the end of Mego, and with Star Wars, and through Superpowers and Secret Wars, wishing there were more characters. Yeah, I think do think it's and yeah, I'll pay twenty to eighty dollars for each one of it's them.
0: It's f- it's generational too because it's um. My generation's looking for that stuff too. I remember being a kid and getting all the animated action figures that they did right. for Spider-Man. The nineties were a
1: huge time for action right. figures,
0: and now it's like the all the problems I had with the figures then don't exist now. I had the problem then of like they're not doing all the characters I want them to do. Right now they're doing everybody. They're not as poseable as I'd like them to be. Now they're super poseable. They're not as comic accurate as these. Be. They've never been more accurate. Right. Now it's like, uh they're. They're unbelievably perfect. Yeah. And I think so it hits multiple generations. You know, the kids that grew up in your generation that first had the action figures, and then the kids who grew up in my generation who saw the biggest expansion in action figures. Uh, both kind of, it's like
1: this dual generation of like, oh, yeah, these right. things are incredible. And that brings us back to uh, our point about the X Men is like, why? Why are Marvel Legends mining the X-Men so hard? First of all, they held back for years because of the Fox of the, deal. Yeah. Cuz they uh they weren't making as much on X-Men figures as they were for the other Marvel characters. Spider-Man, they were when they renegotiated yeah. after Spider-Man 3. And we've
0: talked about this before as this idea is that like Spider-Man was too, uh was always too popular for Marvel not to be doing everything with all right. the time X-Men, like the amount of
1: money they had to share for spider-man was right. more than they were gonna make for x-men right because spider-man is the most recognizable character in the marvel universe and yeah always it's their mickey be. mouse yeah, yeah
0: there's no nothing will ever
1: <laughs> change that you know right. he is both their superman and their batman yes but once Mo- once disney bought fox well then the floodgates open because we make all the money from it but who they are hitting are the general. We are the two goalposts of the people they are hitting with these Marvel Legends. Right. And dead center of that is 1995, which is when the Age of Apocalypse happened. Right. So, of course, let's mine that. We mine Jim Lee to the ground. Let's mine the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah.
0: And I do think it's kind of like, I don't know what else the, the other big thing for X Men to do would be at this point. It's mm-hmm. like you did 90s X Men. The other big thing is like. 80s X Men, finish them. Right. Finish that. They but did a Silver done Age box set. They've done, right.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean. Give Hickman a couple of years, uh, and then do all this crap because those characters have been heavily redesigned.
0: Yeah, so, I d- deliberately. I think yes. part of the redesign a lot of times with the comic book characters is, uh, it's the same reason why in the movies they always have a new costume is we could sell more action figures. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, and whenever it's a big deep bench like this, you can always you can always tell that the let. La- the further down you go to the bench, the more slapped together their costume is. Mm. I mean, you look at, uh, even in the 90s, you look at Polaris, or or, um, Feral, or Will's Penny's like, oh yeah, they just took a bunch of the elements that were popular, like straps and shoulder pads and just slapped them on this existing character. Um, You really saw it with the New 52 with the Batman villains. Because with the New 52, it was really clear that Jim Lee meticulously redesigned the Justice League. And then DC just, Took each one of those characters off the shelf out of Justice League and ran with it. So Batman was totally redesigned. And then you start to get to like the Penguin and the Scarecrow and they're clearly, and Harley Quinn, they're clearly Arkham video games. Yeah. Well, I think just like,
0: just do that. Batman in particular, I think um, the Arkham game. Games, plural, were to Batman comics and general Batman uh, aesthetic as 90s X-Men was to '90 uh, X-Men aesthetic. Right. Those video games for Batman had as big as impact on the look and feel of those characters as Jim Lee uh, of the animated series designed by Jim Lee did on the comics. for.
1: Yeah, arguably those designs are almost as popular as Batman the animated series, but the Bruce Timm series is so... Such a signature slim down right, style that you you couldn't you couldn't say, all right, all the Batman figures are Bruce Timm style and then have put that in the DC universe. Right. Like it's an aesthetic that doesn't cross over, but Arkham, yeah. Yeah, Arkham works. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. There um also Man, I'm looking this up. Oh, Danny! speaking of Batman, yeah. Danny DeVito got a second Lifetime Achievement Award because Danny DeVito's a goddamn national treasure. I, I'm kind of confused by it. So the, a Lifetime Achievement Award from who? I believe it was from Europe. Um, I mean, I am going to click on this now. Because I, I
0: get getting one Lifetime Achievement Award. That makes sense because, you know, you're Danny DeVito. You've been in all this stuff. You've been around for decades. And then they were just like, yeah, give him another one. Like, yeah, he's he's just stayed I as think,
1: busy. I think he's earned it. Yeah. yeah, oh well the new the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is on, and he's as great in that as ever. He was in Dumbo this year. Yeah, uh, Danny DeVito, at the Cambridge International Film Festival, um, last year the San Sebastian International Film Festival, so it's all these international film festivals. Yeah. So it's guys in Italy and Spain going, Oh, Danny DeVito, ah. yeah, that's great. Uh, good for him. Danny was like, Yeah, sure,
0: yeah. You got to give a guy like Danny DeVito credit. Uh, it's like, uh, he, he's consistently good, you know, yeah,
1: and you know, he's a guy who's got a very signature look, like going back. His career goes back to the 70s. He's in One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. Then he was a big part of Taxi. Uh, then he turned that into a movie career. He was in Romancing the Stone and Jill Lino. Then he became a director. You know, oh, he directed really? Yeah, he directed Throw Mama from uh, Throw Mama from the Train, Jack the Bear. There's a bunch of movies he directed that he's not in. And then he created Jersey Films, which produced like Reservoir Dogs. And oh. He's had this great career. And in fact, it was one of the guys that worked for him at Jersey Films went to run FX and all of a sudden Philadelphia started and Danny DeVito's not on the first season and uh, it wasn't doing well. And he's like, and the executive was like, I really believe in this show. The show needs some kind of a push. He's like, I don't want to cancel it. Yeah. So then he just called Danny DeVito and he's like, hey, would you watch the show I'm working on? He's like, you want to be on that show? And he said that he and Rhea Perlman, his wife, who was Carla on Cheers, which I just finished and she's every bit as good as he is. They watched all of them. They were like, yeah, this is funny. So he started showing up on it. And the second season of Always Sunny, he looks pretty normal. And he's not even in all of the episodes. He's in like one scene here or there. And you can tell he's doing it as a favor. And then after that, he's in every episode. And he's naked. And he's throwing up. And he's like, he'll do anything they ask him to do because he thinks it's fun.
0: Yeah, I think that's everything I've heard about him. Uh, interacting with those co-stars, those co-stars talking about him and things we've discussed is this idea is that, like, he's Danny DeVito, so he's, like, He is one of the biggest movie stars of all time. He's fine. He's not hurting for money. But now he's
1: generational.
0: Right. Well, not only that, but it's like he doesn't have to get naked and get sewn up in a couch. Yes. But he's just like, yeah, let's do that. He could just tell them no, but he doesn't because he's just having the time of his life. Yes. Because he thinks it's (laughs) charming. He was
1: just on Mark Marin a couple weeks ago and he was talking about Oisonny. He's like he's like, Yeah, the four of them, he's like, they're like my kids. Yeah. He's just he just loves being and you can see it. I mean, uh, we're in season 14. And granted, they're not network seasons. No, they do like 10 a year. But
0: they've been doing it for 14 years. Yeah, been the, show the main
1: up. characters have aged from 25 to 40. Yeah. So like they're... It's crazy. They look really different. But you can tell they're all excited to be there. Yeah. Like the last season, Glenn Howerton plays Dennis uh, started an AP bio. And uh, he, wa- he was in like half of the episodes. Um, but you could tell he still wanted to be there. It wasn't like David Duchovny at the end of X-Files. Yeah. And then this season, he's in all of them. Right. Even though AP Bio is is going to the NBC streaming, but they're still going to be producing it. Yeah. yeah. So just the just the fact that Danny DeVito is still around, still being interesting.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just and, like, that's heartwarming. In my
1: opinion, still the greatest Penguin.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, Burgess Meredith is great as Penguin. Yeah, Paul
1: Williams was really good in the animated series. Yeah,
0: right. He's and, good too, but it's just like uh, and, uh, Danny DeVito did an awesome job. Yeah, and
1: you know, Penguin on Gotham was the most compelling character on that show. But nobody's Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh they also announced actually, I'm surprised it took us this long to get to it. They announced Iron Man um Ant Man Three.
0: Yeah, I was kind of confused. I was worried no, I wasn't worried. I <laughs> I like Ant Man. I like Ant Man and the Wasp. I rarely rewatch those movies because they're they're good, but they're just like, it's just Ant-Man. And I like Ant-Man.
1: But when I watch them, I go, yeah, this is really good. I I, I don't check out like the first two Thor movies. I can't finish the first two Thor movies. Every time I put them on again, I'm like, yeah, this is fine. But about an hour, hour 15, I I leave the room. I'm cleaning the house. And then I'm like, hey, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm going to turn it off. And then I I finish them when I watch them.
0: Yeah, they're good. So it's like I don't know that I needed a third anime movie, and I'm kind of like, what are they gonna do for a third one? <laughs> but it's um, it's fine. You know they they've got a good track record with these yeah. movies, so I'll watch whatever movie they want to put
1: out. Um, I think I mostly like it because I like Paul Rudd starring in big movies. Yeah. Because just Paul Rudd is one of the most likable actors. We watched um, his Netflix series, Living With Yourself. Oh, how was that? I was going to check it out. It's good. It's Um, a comedy, right? Yes. It's very odd. So um, Ben and I watched it, and we watched it in like a day. Like There's only eight episodes, and they're like 25 minutes each. So it's it's perfect for you. It is, but it goes to some very different places. Okay. Um, He's really good uh, though. Woman who plays his wife is an Irish actress. I've never seen her before, but she's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because they really play with it, and there's two Paul Rudds in every episode. Yeah, so. it's funny. Uh, so yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to be there. I get the feeling like Marvel's good about their actors. None of them need to be there. Like they let them. They're all doing other things, right? Like Chris Evans did Snowpiercer while he was Captain America. Yeah why i was so surprised when i imdb'd robert Downey jr that he hadn't played anything but tony stark since like iron man 2 but he played tony stark every year yeah and i'm like okay that's why you made a big deal about uh your retirement mm-hmm. although there's rumors that he's in black widow
0: yeah i think <laughs> it's like uh the, any of this like oh well oh, you know i get they killed him so he's, he's not gonna show up in uh,
1: present day or
0: future Marvel movies. Is but now like, since
1: Captain Marvel, they can go in it whenever they want.
0: That's what I'm saying is like, they've already showed that they're going to jump around in the timeline. So it's like, yeah, as soon as it's like, uh, yeah, he's retired, but he's going to have a cameo in Black Widow. It's like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> It's like, you too. me
1: this dude's never coming back to play our Man. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it's really funny too because they said, hey, how come in Endgame you had like 10 minutes about Tony Stark dying, but you also killed Black Widow. No funeral for Black Widow. There's a scene where they're all sad and they're like, and and Marvel said, well, we're doing a, a whole Black Widow movie. So Scarlet, wasn't done with the marvel universe robert Robert was was. yeah and it's like yeah but he is yeah (laughs) nobody is even it's
0: like oh yeah captain america's old it's like yeah and we'll never see chris evans as captain america again Uh uh-huh wink (laughs) the
1: greatest thing in the world this week so
0: uh there's a creator in comics uh, and I I like these kinds of feed people. This is gonna go a little all over the place. <laughs> so guys like John Byrne, I really like because he's he writes, he draws, he inks. He's like the whole uh, vision behind the book is one he's dude. He's an enchilada. He's an enchilada, and I like that Canadian enchilada. So there's been this other guy doing similar stuff where he's like he writes, he draws, he colors, he inks, he letters, he does the whole everything is this guy. And he, I first saw him on um, Transformers books, like okay. uh, from IDW. And I, I, uh, there's very few things in the world
1: I care about less than Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Transformers his, is one of those few things that I can say I grew out of. Yeah, and I, I watched, I watched it in the '80s, and when that first movie came out, that was it. And they killed everybody. Yeah. I didn't even see it until it was on tape. Right. And I was just like, yeah. I'm,
0: yeah transformers i i watched beast wars when it was a show as a kid and then that was it
1: yeah my friends tried to get me into beast wars and i was like beast wars made me seasick
0: oh because it was the uh early 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 graphics it was early cg
1: and they they just figured out how to move the camera if you watch beast wars now show me a shot where the camera's not tracking right it was sliding all over the place. yeah they
0: loved it yeah but this uh IDW came out with this comic. I don't know what it's called, but the creator working at its name was Tom Schioli. I think is his name, and uh, it, it's disgusting art. It's it's hideous, but it looks like a kid who drew and then never stopped drawing, but never got better. So his comics look like a little kid room, but they have all the sophistication of like storytelling. The panel design, layout, all that, all the the equipment you need to be a good artist. So,
1: like in like X Men Grand Design kind of way. That it's that guy. Oh yeah. So well, X Men
0: Grand Design is amazing. Well, so there's that's there's the rub of it. So he did this Transformer book, and I was like, oh, this is so bizarrely disgusting, and then Marvel. Must have noticed this guy because he this, – this was really critically acclaimed. He was writing it and drawing it. it. was clearly a labor of love. So they brought him over to do X-Men Grand Design, which did so well that he got a sequel to X-Men Grand Design. He did two. This, now, now he's doing third. Yes. This past Wednesday, he came out with Fantastic Four Grand Design. Ed Pisc- Piscor. His score. I'm bad at names. Uh, so this past Wednesday, his Fantastic Four book came out, and my buddy Ken has been telling me forever. He's like, "You got to read these X Men books. They're awesome. This crazy guy's doing this crazy art." So I picked up the FF book to read it, and I'm like, "Cooked." I didn't and know he had an FF book. Yeah, I've Fantastic been Four re- Grand Design number one came out this past Ooh, Wednesday. I've
1: been waiting to read the third uh, X Men book, Extinction, which has like the Jim Lee stuff.
0: Right. So that's what these books are: is that they're it basically is the entire history of whatever the subject matter is, X-Men. And it's just, it's it's weird. They don't read, they're like history books, but they jump around really quickly through the history. Yeah, but like then the storyline will get a panel. Right. But then it's also like he's adding like little twists to things like characters have dialogue that it's like humorous and kind of silly. It's like, it's really hard to describe, but it's clearly, clearly a massive labor of love. And it's kind of like, um, the art is kind of like if it's like Jack Kirby esque, in the sense where it's like it's very similar to that style where it's like kind of ugly but it works. It's like it's like if Jack Kirby had a head injury and was drawing <laughs> comics. that's this is what they would look like. Um, yeah, they're
1: oddly compelling. Yes,
0: it's it's so bizarre and it reminds re- me a lot of uh, Frank Quietly. When I yes. first saw Frank Quietly on New X Men, I was like, "This is disgusting. This artwork is gross." And I didn't read it because I was so turned off by the art. Everybody and, has pinchy faces. Yes, but like Frank Quietly is actually like. I think, a genius when it comes to comics. I wouldn't go so far to say this guy's a genius, but it's like, I like guys that march to the beat of their own drum. This guy
1: is just doing this guy. Yeah, he seems like he's doing the indiest of indie comics, but he's just doing that on X-Men and didn't change his style at all for Marvel.
0: Right, and and that Marvel was totally okay with. So I read his the first issue of Fantastic Four, super dig it. I think it's going to be two or six issues or something, but it's going to do most of the ff history and then um i'm getting those x-men books and i'm gonna reread those too because it's like i didn't read them when they came out and now i'm like whatever this guy wants to do at marvel i'm (laughs) in it's like this guy's art is so gross and uh funny looking i love it yeah the trades for that are way oversized too yeah because yeah i think he's drawing it uh an unusual size but it's um it, it, and it's like it is clearly like a labor of love like this this guy is having the time of his life drawing these books and it shows yeah. they're just they're they're a lot of fun they're very a long read because it's sometimes there's 20 panels on a page with paragraphs of d- dialogue and word balloons and stuff but um uh, I'm loving it. It's so goofy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I okay. need to uh, catch up on those. I got to read the third X Men, and I do need to check out this fantastic. Definitely World, read the fantastic, the fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. It's really cool. Um, this was going to be a topic, but then we kind of ran out of time. But today is November 2019, and today is when Blade Runner happened. Yeah, which is uh thinking about it now. First of all, it is a great film that um I don't know if you had this experience with it, but um. I feel like I get a little more every time I watch it. It's never been my favorite, but the first time I watched it I was like I'm not in this at all. And then each time you watch it you just get a little deeper and deeper into that world.
0: Yeah, I think it's a uh I'm not I'm not really good at like uh getting things that are very complex like stories. Mad Max Fury Road Mm, i think it's a, it's U turn in the desert that's <laughs> a pretty dumb movie but um with blade runner it's like it's one of those movies where you see it and you're like well this is very visually interesting but it's like this is way over my head i feel like this way about 2001 a space odyssey yeah i think most people
1: do it's about just 2001.
0: way over my head and i'm always like oh, i want to re-watch that movie because it's visually such a trip um, but then I'm always like, well, I don't have three hours
1: <laughs> to set aside, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, a good, that's a good movie to watch every 10 years or so, because Definitely. you're a different person, right? A blade runner is like that. I probably watch it once every five years. Yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of times I watch it because Harrison Ford is in it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like the other big character he did. And I remember yeah, the third in college being like, oh, I really like Han Solo. I really like Indiana Jones. I'm like, what's this blade runner? And then I watched it, and I'm like, well, visually, this is awesome, but I have no idea <laughs> what this movie's about.
1: Right. Because I'm an idiot. But watching it now, it's like, "How this our world is way closer to Blade Runner than I thought it would be when I saw this in the 80s. Yeah. Well,
0: what's interesting is that we're getting to a point with some fiction where they thought the future was a lot different than it turned out to be. And I think that kind of happens all the time, but like... Blade Runner is a great example. We live in the future of Blade Runner. It's like clearly... Dystopian. Well, right. But um, technologically, we're nowhere near that level. Technology kind of went in a different way.
1: Yeah, but in a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways we are. I mean, the gigantic... Uh, video billboards in that were science sure. fiction. We have We those? have like
0: flying cars and stuff. Yeah, AI, We have the stuff that AI makes is sense.
1: is moving in leaps and bounds. Right. Um, we're definitely in this dystopian nightmare of overgrown crumbling infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is... is is kind of there the the kind of dna tests and lie detectors and it's like all scanners the they use we have a all lot the of, uh the
0: the the pieces are there I, I just don't think it's like we're not as visually out there
1: as they thought we were going to be with like clothing and fashion and no, haircuts. because and, the future wasn't designed by ridley scott right right but you know what we don't have flying cars they don't have iphones that's true,
0: and actually, if you think about it, flying cars don't make any goddamn sense. You know how dangerous it would be if There's everyone could so fly It's so much car? regulation. Yeah, it's like it's never going to happen. But well, I think phones... the robot
1: car is a step towards flying car because you're not yeah. driving the robot car, right? So I think I think the robots could fly cars. Definitely, I think you know uh,
0: I always well, I don't always say this. But me and a buddy at work always talk about this is that uh, uh, my generation, or the generation, maybe Ben's generation, is going to be the last generation that knows how to drive a car. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Their automated trucks, that was the most, uh, um, I think, uh, on the, the nose prediction about the Logan movie, was the self driving trucks on, on the street. Trucks, yeah. We're only a couple years away from that. So it's like at some point,
1: I driving cars that are. I just see more unemployment.
0: Well, definitely, yeah. Um. Uh. But it's like, uh, driving cars is so dangerous and kills so many people every year. Uh, it, it it'll be ins insane that we didn't do this sooner. Self driving cars. It's like a thing in the future if we make it. You know, mm. they'll look back and be like, I can't believe we licensed people to drive for
1: so long.
0: You know, because it's so dangerous.
1: Yeah, so uh, if you have the time, this is probably a good time to watch Blade Runner again and just go, yeah, this it's kind of where I've only seen the sequel twice, but I really I like it. it. Yeah. yeah, I really did. I
0: thought I'd hate it, and um, I only saw it the one time, though, so I, I should say that. But um, I do want to really watch it again. I, I really like Ryan Gosling, and I think he gets yeah, everybody like, a bad does. rap because
1: he's such a good-looking Ryan guy. Ryan Gosling is like Paul Rudd without a sense of humor.
0: Like, everybody yeah.
1: just likes him.
0: He's likable, but, yeah, I don't know that he's
1: funny. Yeah, like, like girls are, every woman is in love with him, but he's compelling. I'm in love with him. He's the, the, the most beautiful person in the he world. He kind of funny, though. Like, you see the, uh, what was it called? The other guys? I didn't see that. The I did want him to see Russell that, Crow? though. He's really good in it. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that.
0: Everything I see him in, I like him in.
1: Yeah, he can be funny. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to let us know, uh, let us know how Blade Runner has affected your life. What are you, what are you living in? Are you a replicant? Yeah. Um, do you spend time with Larry from Newhart <laughs> designing robots? Who, by the way, reprised that role in Batman the Animated Series in the Hard Act episode. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's why they got him um let us know let us know how you're celebrating blade runner month uh there are ways to get in touch with us i am at not in my book both on instagram and twitter that is the official cabinet Comics social networking feed despite all threats and <laughs> uh, you can also go to our facebook page and post something facebook.com slash comics that's the main news site for the show and steven um, I can be found on Instagram at uh, The Brave Butter Pecan, and the show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can also find us at RadioMisfits.com. We are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Just look under the Lifestyle tab, and we will talk to you next week.